your host, Tone Robin, and it's Marcina. Hey, guys. So tonight, I want to talk about coming from a broken home and and how that affects us. Does it affect us? Do we realize it affects us? Um, So I'm going to start off with a little bit of information, you know, from, from my story to kind of set, set the scene a little bit. Um, I came from a very young mother. My mom was 15 when she had me. And, um, like, my dad was, I think, 18. So my grandmother found out that my mom was pregnant and she made them get married. So my mom was with it. Oh. My dad was not. And, um, you know, that kind of caused a problem. Like, mom was given the baby attention, not him. Um, he was still trying to, like, kind of party and, like, live it up because he's young. And, you know, like, mom had a motivation. Like, she wanted me. Like, she told me so many times that she wanted me because she wanted someone to love and somebody that would love her unconditionally. So right. she kind of, like, set the scene for me that that's, like, what I was supposed to do. And I unknowingly did that. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, like, I, I did that. But it was easy because I loved my mom. Like, oh, I loved my mom so much. She's not with us anymore um, in, you oh, know, physical form, physical form. But, um, you know, so... My mom had me, you know, for the first two years. And then, like, when she turned 17, life, pressure, responsibilities, you know, being a single parent, like, all of that got to her. And she kind of, you know, like, hit the streets. She went to drugs. She went to prostitution. Wow. And I, you know, I, I got bounced around a lot. But my mom would pop in and out. It was always like a surprise when I would see her and she would have like a gift for me and it would just be like so much love and just excitement. So it was like amazing anytime I would see her. But of course there was there were times at night, you know, whenever I would cry because like one is my mommy, you know. Um and as I got older and, you know, like she got a little bit more situated and we were able mm-hmm. to like you know, establish a, a relationship again. Um, I realized that there was a little bit of a shift that had occurred, like where I was no longer her child, but in a weird kind of way, it seemed like I became competition. Really? And, That's interesting. Yeah, because there was like a, like, there was like a shift and I really couldn't understand it because this was my mom and I was supposed to love her unconditionally, you know? So in a sense, I had to take what she gave me and I had to, I kind of, I was expected to just deal with anything. And it got to a point where I realized that some of the things that she wanted me to take, like I didn't want to, you know, like I'm a grown up. Right. I'm, not, you know, I'm a mom. Like what? Give, you know give, what give me some examples. Give me some examples. Well, I mean, so it, it's really hard to. It's really hard to. But l- let me give you an example of something I can remember. I can okay. remember. I can remember one time. 
um, they were at her house and we were, you know, watching a movie and she had a gentleman's son come over and he noticed the movie that we were watching and he was like, oh, this is you and your mom's favorite movie, you know, like how many times is this that you guys have seen it, you know, like thinking it had been so many and I'm looking at him confused and I'm like, we've never seen this movie together before, like, what are you talking about? And my mom is looking at me like with this look like I didn't say something right and so the whole time he's there she's like feeling some type of way towards me and I'm confused like not knowing what happened and after he left she was like you were supposed to tell him that this was our favorite movie and I was like but mom you didn't tell me like I don't know why you sometimes choose to fabricate things that are unnecessary to fabricate you know what I mean but you know know I mean so it was really hard for me to kind of like stay on her level and I feel like you know because I I I have to I have to think things through they have to like make sense to me because you know this is my life and I, I have to make sure that I'm understanding what I'm doing and what's happening and I'm processing it I would be considered an overthinker, which, you know, we can talk about that later. But, you know, (laughs) it it just made me start kind of, you know, asking a little bit more questions. And I had to explain to her because I would feel her getting upset. Like, Mom, I, I don't have any kind of problem. I'm just curious. Like, my curiosity shouldn't offend you. And, like, it's not intended to, you know. Like, is it because... I'm asking something other than like what you're saying or is it because you feel like now there's a disconnect because my love for you doesn't change just because I don't understand where you're coming from but she didn't understand that because she had never been loved before by anyone else other than me unconditionally and so and so there was like that it, it seemed like resistance to her and I had to I had to try to explain to her, it's not like, this is just me being me. And if you're not giving me that space, then you're kind of making it all about you. And at that point, how is that fair? You know, like, so I I think that, you know, my mom definitely was affected by being, you know, raised in a non-loving home and, you know, not knowing how to accept somebody and how to, um, you know, just kind of have that space for them and um, et cetera. Whereas on the other hand, because she didn't have that, she gave that to me and she never considered, you know, anything other than because I love you, you're supposed to love me. And you being your own individual might mean that your love gets portrayed in a different type of way. Wow. So, 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 uh, so you explained a lot about you and your mom's relationship. What, what, what about your dad? Like, how active was he at, at, at any given point? So my dad was not interested, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, not at all. So but, sorry to hear that. You're such a great person, Marcina. Thank you. Um, it, it was really hard because during um, my grandfather ended up adopting me whenever I was like eight because, you know, to avoid me from getting in the system and my mom still being able to kind of, in a sense, keep an eye on who has me. And um, so from like two to eight, I was bounced around a lot. And during that time, I spent a little bit of time with my dad. 
and I honestly loved it because my father is Hispanic and so you know big family like lots of people coming in and out like lots of personalities um yeah food, you know like all kinds of celebrations like weekend like guaranteed going to the beach to the park having a bar like it was amazing it was so fun and my dad he made me laugh like it was he was so funny so I just remember having like a really good time with my dad like I I loved my dad and you know when I was younger I definitely looked a lot more like him um but my dad was just never interested in me because I wasn't a part of the deal. Like when he and my mom got together, uh-huh. he wasn't thinking about no baby. And just because I came along didn't necessarily change his thoughts about me. Um, he tried because I guess like his mom told him that's what he should do or, or whatever. But um, the last time I spoke to my dad um, that I remember I've actually had two conversations with him since, but the last time that like really impacted me, I was, I was 15 and um, my mom had remarried and my mom was really good about making sure I stayed in contact with my, um, with my wella. That's what I called her. And so she would take okay. me over there from time to time and he always lived with her. So I would see him once in a while. But um, the last time I went over there, I remember a few days later, he called, and I answered the phone, and he was like, hey. And I was like, Dad, hey, you know, like, all super surprised and, like, excited. And he was like, um, where's your mom? <laughs> oh, wow. Like, he, he, probably when I was 32, we reconnected. My mom reconnected us through Facebook or something like that, and... You know, I called an uncle, and my dad happened to be there, and he got on the phone, and he was like, hey, you know, how you doing? At least that time, he asked how I was doing. But again, where's your mom? How's your mom? Is she still married? Like, no interest in me. And I can't say that 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 doesn't affect me, but I can say that I, I didn't realize how long it took for it for me to realize that it affected me you know what I mean like it um it's devastating to not like want to be wanted or um acknowledged even you know in a sense because ready or not you know kids will come but um that's when you have to make a decision you know to, to to kind of get it together a little bit like cause and effect you know what I mean? If you don't want to have any kids, then we all know what you got to do in order to avoid that. But once you do have a child, like, it really, you know, it's not about you anymore. And um, I look around now, and I just, I'm so heartbroken at the way babies are treated and the way that children are, 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 are talked to and how many babies and children we see and hear about in the news that are are killed at the hands of their own parents. And I'm not blaming the parents because, you know, I understand that there's a lot of pain because when I was a parent and I was raising my children, Uh there was was a long time where I was so caught up in my pain that I couldn't recognize the nurse because 
the way that my mom loved me, everything was supposed to kind of be about me. And, you know, like, if I wasn't good, then how is anybody else supposed to be good? And if you don't see that I'm not good, then we kind of have a problem. So there was like a struggle that I had for a long time. And I, I, I was too caught up in my own pain to see what I was causing them. And then once I was able to get a little glimpse of that, and honestly, once I found out I was going to be a grandmother, I was like, okay, really, really, really? <laughs> I need to <laughs> what my problem is, why I'm doing and responding in some of the ways that I'm responding and get this figured out. Because while it's no longer just about me, it's no longer just about my daughters and my son, it's about the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. Like, I'm the main Yeah, child, yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. And so... It, I don't have a choice. Like, this is some hard shit to work through. You know, like, I've had to backtrack through generations to figure out, like, why is my automatic instinct to run? That's not Let, Well, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Let me, so that's a great point because I, I, that's what I've been thinking about while you've been talking. I, I, I was like, I wanted to ask, if you can look at your friends, that may be close in age or know of some people, you know, have some sparse contact with from, from back in the past, do you think your parental style or your your family, your family uh, living situation was kind of close to your friends? Because maybe I was thinking like, maybe is it a generational thing is it a generational thing is it a a a financial and a generational thing you know like a social situation i'm not sure what the question is well well so yeah so so like okay so if you think of some of your friend girls or guys that same that's the same age do you think yeah like whenever i was raising my children yeah as you was raising your children Okay. As you as you were raising your children, did you see like similarities? Just being observant of other people, the way that they were communicating with their kids. I mean, because of the way that I I grew up, like I because I was bounced around, I never knew where I was going. Um, I never like it would be family, it would be friends of family, but there were times when I didn't know the people that were picking me up from school. So. Um, I didn't know how long I'd be staying at some places. You know, sometimes it'd be just one night, sometimes it'd be a couple of days, sometimes it'd be a couple of weeks, but not really more than a couple of weeks. So I got to the point where I just would come into a scene, peep out the situation and figure out how I could best fit in. Should I be quiet? Like, should I just be over here and just like mind my business? Like, do I need do I need to like clean something? Like, I think because of the way that I grew up, I'm always looking for the missing link or I'm always looking for an example of either what to do or what not to do. Because I'll tell you, whenever I was raising my kids, I said, please, no matter what you do, don't grow up to be like the people I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of drifting, a little, a little, sofa, a little sofa drifting. Well, I mean... <laughs> So I would definitely look at other people, you know, and how they were doing um, things. And, you know, sometimes 
you know, if it was something that, you know, resonated with me, then I would try it out. And if it felt good, then I would continue. But, you know, it, it's, it's something that has to feel authentic to myself. Otherwise, it's just an act. And um, right. I've, I've never been one to just act, you know, like it's, it's, this is survival. Like my life has been survival, you know, so this yeah. is really, yeah, I hear you. You know, I so I'm just now, I'm just now at a point to where I'm able to kind of like put my shoulders down a little bit, woosa, you know, like do some grounding, like, you know, like I'm able to, I'm able to understand a lot more and, um, I'm in a much better place, but definitely before, um, it was just a, a matter of trial and error. Um, the biggest thing that I will say, though, whenever I was raising my kids that I did differently than most um, of my friends was I didn't um, – I have three children. They're three years apart each. My first and my last are six years to the day. They share the same birthday. And um, wow. they, they were individuals to me from the time they came out, you know, like – my oldest, she was her, and I let her be become who she was. You know what I mean? And I was just yeah. a participant that, like, kind of helped her as she was learning the training wheels. You know, like, I just helped her with, like, the basics, like how to brush your teeth, how to, you know, get dressed. But as far as who she is, like, I let her do that. I let her figure that out. I let her express that like I did with her sister just like I did with their brother and um, that's something that I definitely try to encourage in our household was we need to understand that in this house we are for one another like outside of the house we have so much that we can't control that we don't know that we have to question that we have to be on defense and alert about but in this house Everyone has the right to be themselves. So if child number two, because I'm not sharing their names, decides that she's having a bad day, there's no reason for her to fake it just for you to feel comfortable. Give her that space to have a bad day and don't get in your feelings about it because it's not about you. And at the same time, child number two, you don't get to use you having a bad moment as a full bad day you get your time we'll give you your space but you need to you you need to be mindful that you're still sharing living quarters with other people like there's a self-responsibility that I have tried my best to instill in them because who they are matters as well as other people like it's not just about them but at the same time their life is all about them and their decisions right. and et cetera. You know what I mean? So that's the biggest thing that I've, I feel like I've, I've tried to do for my children. I've, I've tried to encourage them. And a lot of other parents wanted to just kind of, no, I didn't get to do this. So you're not going to do this. Or I didn't get to do this. So I'm going to let you do this. So it was kind of, you know, like, a control thing and I never wanted to control my children I just wanted to guide them yeah now I hear you on that I mean I, I like you know from a from a broken home standpoint
uh, broken homes. My situation was was different. You know, my mom. It was similar but different. My mom had me early. It was early uh, pregnancy, high school. She was fifteen, and um, it was it was unique <laughs> to say the least. They never. My, my mother and my father never married. Uh, he transitioned. He moved on. Did his thing, and unfortunately, met an untimely death. I think when I was in the seventh seventh grade, seventh grade. Um, wow. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of a lot of things, you know, as a male, as the male's point of view is, uh, you know, you have to you have to engage and find people that you think are going to uh, give you uh, motivation, um, lead you to do positive things. You got to find a father figure and your and your coach. <laughs> you got to find a father figure and your you go to church, your 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 pastor, your reverend, your bishop, whichever you want to call them, your cardinal, depending on your denomination. You know, you got to find a father figure in school. You know that could give you encouragement. So you have to always, to me and my and psychologically, I feel like you have to always look for the bits and pieces to 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 fill the void that the other the, the parent is not fulfilling when you come from a broken home situation and even from a mother's standpoint like my mother was my mother ain't use the hood my mother ain't loving at all period period like you know and, and, you, and you know listening to you say that about your father so it is it's the polar opposite you know it's the male versus the female perspective but my mom never said i love you she's never coddled me she's never held me she's never embraced me she's never hugged me in general in all my years like if i play sports she would drop my ass off to the park and be like hey find a way home or I would call her and pick and get picked up, but it's never like, how was your game? Or it was never, let me come and see your game, senior night, she was not there. Uh, you know, so I have had to rely upon the, uh, the good village. You know, grandma, auntie, uncles, cousins, to to fill those voids, those, 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 uh, those moments that a parent doesn't feel fulfilled with their own child, you know, because, it, you know, she didn't offer the love. She was more so like, hey, here's the house, here's the dwelling, gonna pay the bills, do what you're supposed to do, so I, you're not a problem to me, and that's about it. So we coexisted under the under the same roof until I was 17. And I never moved back. Like I mean, after I left at 17, that was a wrap for me. I never moved back. I moved out with the uncle, split a place, and just learned how to be sociably functional, functionable, and independent. You know, in my young, young, younger age. But uh, you know, I envy uh, maybe one person. One person, one my my good friend, I'm not saying his name, Derek. Derek was like, uh, <laughs> he was like the Richie Rich or um, 
like the kid on Silver Spoons, and I'm going way back. I'm going way back. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, my man on Silver Spoons. So that's how Derek was. Derek had uh, came from a two-family home. His father worked for a roofing company, and his mother was a nurse. So Derek had the basketball goal outside his home. He had. Stuff. My man, my man had an IBM computer. Oh, oh, not not no, it wasn't IBM. It was Macintosh. My man had a oh. Macintosh. Okay. Yeah, he had the Macintosh computer way way back with the floppy disk that we had in this classroom. My man's, I remember uh, third, fourth, fourth grade at least. My man had everything what they had at the schoolhouse, and we was you know everybody tried to hang with Derek but um myself maybe two other guys were pretty close with him and uh so you know I would try to foster a relationship where because I, I didn't have brothers and sisters at the time so it was like okay I don't want to be home by myself I don't want to be bored so you know my, my my parents aren't giving me any attention and you know my mom was put into an arranged marriage herself um, over time and stepfather situation was it was it was complex because he was from Jamaica mm-hmm. so it, it was a cultural shock for me because yeah. I'm young I'm finicky and he's bringing a cuisine to me that I'm looking at him like bruh Beans and, beans and beans and rice every day. What, what, what the frick is this? Uh, goat? I'm not gonna eat no goat. Curry, chicken, goat. All of these things, you know, that are customary and they're in their in their uh general cuisine. I'm looking at this stuff like, man, I want to barf. Like, I want some fried chicken. Sorry, stereotypes. Uh, I want some pork chop. <laughs> I want a burger. <laughs> you know that's what I was keening for mm-hmm. and um, you know it started to work out after a while but he was very nonchalant he was like uh, he was like he bought <laughs> I remember he bought me a pair of boxing gloves and um, this is this is the tr- this is the transition of a broken of, of uh, what do we call it now we call it um, a blended family so yeah. I got a chance to live out a blended family situation at the age of 10. So I moved in with them. And he bought me some boxing gloves. I was like, yo, this is so cool. I got some real boxing gloves. I got something that Derek ain't got. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hype. I'm hype. You know what I'm saying? I got my life. <laughs> because them boys, they had, they, they, had, they had their bikes. They had the BMX. I had a 10 speed. So, <laughs> so now I got something. I got an upper edge. I got right. my boxing gloves. So I put my boxing gloves on and I'm in the kitchen and, you know, my stepfather, he was saying something to me. And I was, I was getting so angry because I hadn't dealt with a male. I haven't dealt with a male voice with any consistency outside of my uncles. Just, you know, being rather lax with me to let me 
allow me to do things or give me commands around my grandmother's house, but not really put their foot down like a like a parent. So he said something to me, and I remember putting the boxing gloves on, and I walked up to him and I swung with all my might. Oh, ah. man! Listen, we don't know what child abuse is. That's bullshit to us because we got discipline. We got we got the belt. So <laughs> I remember my my man had a good leather strap. He brought that leather strap, and I started screaming at the top of my lungs. And I played the situation bad, you know. As I'm as I'm recanting now and giving the story. I played the situation all wrong because I was the one in the wrong and now I can see in the eyes of a kid where I may have dated their parent and they didn't agree with a disciplinary style or or even just a sternness well, of just trying Well, I mean like hold on. Like let's go back to you being, you know, this ten year old kid. Like instead of, you know, trying to take your responsibility you know like granted there's that side of it of course you know like respect your elders as you say um but also like let's just use this time as a time to introduce the idea that perhaps if there is like a new person coming into your life and you have a child they make an intentional interest in getting to know that child so that way, when it is time to do some type of discipline, there's not no question. There's not no, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that kind of has been established, you know, opposed to just coming in and because, you know, I'm the man and mommy says I can because I know that there's a lot of women out there that are just, you know, whether they're your children or not, you deal with it because you're the man and I don't want to, et cetera. Like I've witnessed that and that I, or, or, I or, or you, or you have it about mothers who, you know, don't show up for their children, you know, like I, I understand that, you know, you can be going through, you know, like depression or or what have you like I went through that you know um and it there's other people to do you know like I'm not trying to take away from it but there's still life that needs to go on and there are children that are counting on you so you have to figure out a way to make it work and if that includes therapist if that includes just you know praying a little bit harder if it includes letting somebody go like we need to stop with the excuses of you know why um we we can't do it especially as mothers because um we've got enough fathers that aren't doing it you know and um men can I just say that you don't you don't have to love a woman like that that's not a requirement but I can tell you I can guarantee I can assure you without a shadow of a doubt that if you have a child and you love your child like you're not judged for that like nobody's right. gonna make you for that you know like women definitely look at how men are when it comes to their children do you have children are you in their lives you know what I mean like if you're 
talking about dating and you're looking for somebody that you're looking for, you know, a future with, like, you've got to understand that you can't be looking for somebody that you want to be, you know, serious and perfect and have all of their stuff together when you're not even willing to face your own stuff. And that starts with your child. That starts with your child. Yeah, that's true. And I was going to say, you know, on on, on, another perspective is you have the parent that says, you know what? That's my kid. Don't ever touch my kid. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, so it's it's different. It's different uh, perspectives, different mediums of the discipline part. And, uh, you know, like I said, just in reflecting, you know, just 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 acknowledging, acknowledging my wrong at the time, because, you know, it what happened essentially, you know, the, the major part of the story was this: that put a stream between him and my mom, and like like you're saying, and so then she got on that, uh, don't hit him, don't touch him, and you know, and I, as, and as I reflect back, and I'm like, maybe that's why he never really wanted to deal with me afterwards, right? Because because now it's resentment. It's a resentment built up because the woman is not allowing you to be totally free in the situation. I'm not saying you got to kick my ass, but I'm just saying, and the man. sense where, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, she cut one of his balls off. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's, it's 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 that it's that type of situation. But you know, now across the board, my friends, neighborhood friends, as I see them. Um, broken home situations. All of us, uh, I say, I give us get four or five dudes coming up together. We would talk a lot because you know we didn't have a cell phone, so it was all about verbal communication. It was, it was you know talking about your desires and where you wanted to be, your your aspirations of you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a cop, I'm gonna be in baseball league, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so it was just a lot of communication. And what I see now from the same group of guys is that where they did not have fathers active, including myself, we have taken it very serious in regards to us being active in our children's lives, making sure they know that we're there for them, uh, you know, supporting them in extracurricular activities. You know, I want to say, jeez. At least the guys that I know, hands down, that I consider friends, I want to say none of them abandon their children. That's amazing. No matter, no matter if the relationship failed, none of them abandon their kids. You know, throughout because we knew that void, we knew that pain of not having that person active. Right. Exactly. And. and or, or, or even being able to communicate with that person, and so it, it it channels something in us to not be that person, and so now it's kind of twisting turns. Now you know we talk about the love part, all of the things we didn't have, we try to give to our kids: the love, the emotion, sentimental, you know, um, just discipline. Because we, 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 you know, we, we lost a lot through drugs, through crack, um, cocaine, whatever you want to put on the label. It, it hit 
the urban community very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, everywhere. So we, you know, we may have seen cousins, uncles, aunts either become users or unfortunately lose their lives in the struggle of, you know, trying to be a part of the game. Right. And so, you know, we, 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 we had to, we had to divert from that. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know nobody in prison. Unfortunately, the only people that I know that went to prison were people who, so crazy. All of the admiration and love that you could want, the people that got that seemed to be the people that wanted to go out and be badasses and, you know, be like deadbeats. And it's, it was, it's just, it's just, uh, it's mind boggling to me. It's very mind boggling to me. I can get that though, honestly, because of like the experience I had with my mom. Like my mom never wanted to like really check me. Like she didn't have a problem doing it, doing it when I was younger, you know, like no problem. But once, you know, like I said, I started asking questions, you know, um, she never wanted to have like any kind of confrontation. Like she never wanted me to be mad at her. She never wanted me to be upset. So even if I did need to hear something, she wouldn't say it to me to avoid me and my feelings being hurt. So I can definitely see how there are so many people that are kind of so caught up in themselves um, just because of there being a lot more people not wanting to have those uncomfortable conversations because they don't know how somebody's going to react or, you know, they don't want to get them upset or, you know, like, what if they don't want to talk to them anymore or, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, you know, um, yeah, it was very unfortunate. I found out, like, how my mom really felt about me after she passed away whenever I was reading her journals. And, I mean, wow. it, didn't make, it didn't make me question the love, you know, that she had for me. But um, it definitely helped me to understand that there really is more than just me. <laughs> <laughs> and in our interaction, in the interaction between me and my mom, like I said, she made it, she made it all about me. So... I'm not going to say in my defense, but kind of in my defense, like I didn't know that there was any other way that I was should have been, you know? Right, right, until, right. Until I had to find out the hard way. <laughs> After <laughs> and everybody just let me have it. And I was like, damn, yo, I'm trying to grieve. I ain't got my mama no more. Why are you being so mean? Your girl right. Yeah, it could be ugly, man, but, you know, it's just in closing. So, you know, I, you know, my takeaway for broken families um, of today, this generation, it's so important. You know, I'll say it again. It's so important because of the person that I became um, as a responsible parent. You know, man, y'all try to work it out. If you, if you, if you lust or have any desire to be with your mate, and you get in that situation and you create you create life I mean think about that life think about where you came from and what you can actually give to that child and make that child to be the best person they could be like I mean we got we got enough we got enough um, we got enough uh, crazy people in, in society right now 
you know, I think it, I think a lot of us need to. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us need to do. You say you're sensitive to that word. Yeah, I mean, like, crazy can be associated with mental health, and, you know, also, if you're, like, really woke, you know, people will call you crazy when really you're not, they are, so let's just use a different word. Well, I mean, you know, you you, you got some bad apples in society at the end of the day, and, I mean, we got enough of those guys, and, I mean, I mean, the more that you can give to your kid, and I say this because, you know, everything starts at home you are what you see the more that you can produce positive uh images imagery to your children the better they'll they'll be you know because i've said that um so many times like the people that i can attribute to helping me be the person that i am you know um my ex-wife her father great influence on me i mean he was a voice of reason and you know he, he he made me humble myself and think about how to care myself in a more respectful way um and and and, and to and to get in tune with women to like to be more yeah, yeah. there's to be more of a listener sorry i was just going to yeah. say that there's absolutely people out there that can show you better um and they're they're wanting to show you better, but you just have to want that for yourself. And I also want to talk really quickly about the fact that it can be a broken home with two parents in it. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, we're not just talking about, you know, um, you know, single parenting here or anything of that sort. Like parents, moms, dads, both of you guys, you have to, you, you have to figure out you outside of your partner because there's that child and maybe you and your partner are great but better not together when it comes to the well-being of that child like that doesn't mean that you can't still get it that doesn't mean y'all still can't whatever but you know like if it's not healthy it's not healthy and that baby doesn't deserve that yeah nobody does and I mean, let's like I say, you know, positive ending on a positive note on this segment of chapter. Be the change. Be the change. Be the change. Give out what you yeah. want. You know, like yeah. you do yeah. better. You know, yeah. like that's what my mom did for me, and that's what I did for my kids. And I mean, of course, I was a little bit of a mess, but you know, I think that. Once I was able to um, look at everything, it's made me um, be so much more better of uh, of a person. Because as much as I made it about myself, now it's really not like that. You know, like there's there's yeah. really good of of recognizing that I don't always have to be right. It's not just my way. It's not et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, and that's and that's the key thing. That's the key thing I was gonna say. You know, uh, like you said, I like what you said about you allowed them to be individuals. You know, don't live vicariously through your children as you're trying to give them love and bring them up. You know, it's so crazy that um, so many people try to, you know, be the be the football player, basketball player, baseball player, or ballerina actress that they that they didn't become through their kids. And 
he's down like like Snoop. Snoop is a classic example because his played out on film. You know, he wanted his son to make the NFL. He wanted to give him the best opportunity. He put him in a private school and uh, in Nevada, a top ranked school that was national, well nationally ranked school, and he got the scholarship to UCLA. But what does the son do? He says, before, the, before school starts, man, I'm done. I don't want to mm-hmm. do this anymore. Yeah. I was doing this for you to make you happy. Yeah. And when I, when I tell you, I, there are so many fathers, or even, or even stepfathers or uncles that have stepped up, that have seen a certain talent in a, in a, in a, in a child, and they're trying to drain him, you know, they're trying to squeeze him like an orange and, and extract everything out of him to try to, to try to get that payday or see him, you know, see them succeed to the highest level, professional level. And the kid doesn't want it. My cousin was like that. His father was so hard on him in baseball and basketball. He coached him in everything. Even my son, my son refused to play for me. Because he, he, he knows that I'm a person that likes to push. But I would have never done that to him. I never coached him, so we never got that we never got that particular experience. But he, he definitely chose to 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 shoot me down and say, I'm not gonna play for you when he had the opportunity to. And, you know, like I said, love your kids, do the best that you can, guys. And we're gonna switch it up and jump to another segment. Wait, wait, really quickly. I want to say, parents. Hmm? Really quickly, I want to say to parents, we, we can't take what our kids are doing personally. Once they become adults, you know what I mean? Like, I've heard and had a lot of conversations with a lot of um, older parents that are like, why is my kid doing this? Like, why are they doing this? They know better, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, like, I definitely understand wanting better for our children because I was a little surprised when my daughter told me she was you know having her first baby um, when she did I mean she was 20 but still I didn't think she was ready but I mean she was you know like ready or not and she showed that you know she she was so it's not it's not personal parents let them be them let them be them yes let them be them And we'll see you on the next segment. Bye. Talking shit.